Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone. It's Brian King, Millwall goalkeeper from 1967 to 1975. I spent the happiest years of my playing career at the Den and I'd love to share some of the memories, stories and personalities with you in my new book, The Lion's King. In my time, I've met some amazing characters, including Harry Cripps, Barry Kitchener, Sir Alf Ramsey, as well as the great Gordon Banks and Lev Yashin himself. My book is packed with laughs, tears, tragedies and triumphs. So join me in my journey down Cold Blow Lane and beyond. The Lion's King, available now for $19.99 at www.littlehellbooks.com. That's www.littlehellbooks.com. Come on, you lions. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the second take of today's show. We did a fantastic show, Ryan and I, earlier on today, and I committed the schoolboy sin, the schoolboy error of not pressing the record button. So it's a big welcome back. For the second time today for me the pleasure is all mine it's ryan loftus welcome back ryan i can't believe it nick i, I took time out of my work day <laughs> sat down did all my research and then got to the end of our conversation to find out that none of it had got i mean uh-huh. I, I, some, I took some of my best takes in that recorder i only hope that i've got the energy now to uh to deliver the same sort of audio quality that i was delivering <laughs> earlier on It'd be like one of Bob Dylan's lost albums, you know, if only you could have been there and seen it and heard it, but the recordings got wiped and some, you know, some disaster sometime. Never mind. Really appreciate you coming back, Ryan. We are considering, of course, last night's excellent 2-0 win for the Lions down there at Ashton Gate to put an end to a pretty tough run of 10 games without victory. And um, certainly on Saturday, one of the most um, spineless defeats I've seen in, in many, many years. So it was a case of um, one extreme to the other last night, mate. I thought it was a really good show. Yeah, definitely. I think a performance that was needed, obviously, after the Borough result on the weekend. Um, Rowett made a number of changes and obviously got stuck into the players or I don't know, I don't know what way around it went. If the players obviously knew they needed to step up as well. It was very much, uh, you know, back to kind of Millwall basics, 
performance. I think the the tactical changes he made that we'll come on to uh, did make a big difference. And and he went for the sort of team that had a lot of energy, um, knew the system quite well. And I think you can see in the sort of goals we scored as well, it was hard work and determination really over anything else that that got the win. It was really refreshing to see 11 blokes willing to run and to to commit and to and to fight for the shirt and all the things that you kind of expect as a minimum, but which last night was a real refreshing break because we haven't seen in, increasingly in recent games, Ryan. I think we've we've seen a real deterioration in in um, in spirit. But the tactical changes last night seemed to be um, it certainly caught favour online. I mean, I, I put a, 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 a kind of a, a questionnaire online when people were calling for. 442. Uh, I suppose last night was a, a variation. I don't know if it was classic 442 or which way round you want to call it. But certainly the, the how should we put it, the simpler tactics, the, the 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 more conventional balls into the channels rather than what Gary Rowett himself has described as too much intricacy seemed to work a treat, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think the Rowett was obviously getting quite a lot of stick for the you know for the displays against Middlesbrough, but also you know all the displays really. Before that, I think during this run, he's had a, a number of good excuses, really. You know, the the refereeing decisions, the the injuries, um, and, you know, just a bit of bad luck as well in terms of the finishing. And I think Burrow was really an accumulation of that, where there was no excuses to be had, and he needed to make a change. And I think by going to that, I guess, 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2 sort of system with... Bod Varson and Bradshaw, you know, they are both playing up top, but one supporting the other quite loose. It it made a big difference. And I think he he just wanted players who are running and players who put that energy in. I don't think we, yeah. we've not seen much of Bradshaw and Bod Varson together. Um, I think since Bod Varson scored um, the equaliser a week or so ago and, you know, did the whole cup tier celebration, he's obviously got a bit of fire in him yeah. um, and is starting to maybe not necessarily find a bit of form. Obviously, he didn't score yesterday, but at least show a bit of uh, what Millwall fans like, that that hard work, determination, um, was really impressive. Yeah, it's definitely the change that needed to be made. Um, I thought Ryan Leonard coming back into the team as well was a really big positive. I thought he was harshly kind of out of the side. I think he replaced Marlon Romeo at right back when when he was injured. And since then, he's, he's not really featured much, where I, I thought he's you know one of the best players really under Rowett since he came in. I thought it was a bit harsh not to be in, but having him back in the team... You see everything he offers, you know, that that proper box-to-box midfielder style, big tackles, obviously getting both the assists. He can shoot from range, um, sets up the second goal, you know, with a good tackle in midfield and yeah. set Mill on the break. And I think he, he's a big part of um, that sort of performance from the Mill side, I think. Yeah, it was interesting. It wasn't, you know, I don't think I was alone in not being excited when I saw that 11 um, an hour before kickoff. Um, hats off to John Daddy. Um, I think there's a public image limited song that says anger is an energy. And if that's fired him up and that's got him going, um, great stuff in my opinion, because, you know, he, he's looking like he's hungry and he wants to prove a point and that's all to the good. That's also the good of Mill football club. So welcome to the club at last John Daddy, because, um, it, it was good to see that performance that we saw last night. Same with Tom Bradshaw as I think as a player that's, um, He's had the, he's, he hasn't had the rubber to green, really, Ryan. I mean, he's you know he's, he's he's a good finisher. I think we've mentioned that a few times on the show. Um, but he's, he's required to do this kind of workhorse role and not have the the traditional big man little man duo that he might have expected when he came to the club. It's 
he's, he's not had the um he scored goals despite the tactics sometimes isn't he yeah definitely I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bradshaw I think he's probably the best finisher we've got at the club maybe excluding the, the couple of players we've got on loan but especially over the last year I think his problem's always been that we just don't really create anything for him so he'll he'll do a lot of work press from the front put in some tackles but then people you know give him a bit of stick for maybe not getting in the box when he should do when we play that five two three that he was at the top of you know for a long time under Rowett when he just came in he doesn't really have anyone around him to take any load off of him so he's doing the work defensively and then having to get in the box and I think with him and Bodvarsson together they seem to seem to work quite well in terms of one of them can drop off and do that work and the other can get in the box and I think you don't get that necessarily with Smith where he has to stay up top and someone else has to do all his running with the two of them they can kind of alternate in terms of who drops who runs and presses but they're they're very similar players in terms of the the work rate they'll give you. But I think Bradshaw just has that edge in terms of finishing. And if you present it with chances, and I think hopefully Mill can start doing that, he'll definitely, I think, go on a run of form. Yeah, it was interesting to... I mean, Smith came into the game very, very late when it was largely, um, you know, a done deal by the time he came in. But I was interested. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Matt Smith, but obviously he has... He lacks mobility, and I think that was evident from the the really strong, high-pressing game that we played last night, where we were literally on Bristol City in, in and around our own penalty area. Huge effort involved in in, in sustaining that over um, 80, 90 minutes. And I must admit, when Smith came in last night, as much as I'm a fan of him and as much as I admire what he brings, you could see some of the reasons why Rowett maybe has been reluctant to play him when he wants that kind of game and to, we can leave aside the, the, the wisdom of some of his tactics recently but um Matt Smith is is just not cut out for that kind of um work horse role is he no it's, it's a really hard one I think obviously Smith last year got quite a lot of goals gets good goals at crucial times and yeah, yeah. there's always going to be a threat in the box but I think especially when you're you're not on form or when you're really struggling to create he's not the person you need in the team and I think I think the the sort of run Mill has been on where we've really been struggling for a result, what it would take to stop it, which obviously has been proved is that hard work and having the right people in. And I think the change, the, the side Rowett picked with, you know, like Samari Wallace at left back and, and Ryan Leonard in the midfield and, and Bod Varson and, and Bradshaw up top, it shows it's that the team that's going to work the hardest. That's who we put out yesterday. Mm. And they're the ones who got the result. And I think you can't afford to have not necessarily passengers in a, in a negative sense, but people who can't necessarily do the work and the running that you need. So it's hard with Smith. He'll be a great weapon off the bench, obviously, like getting older as well, but a great weapon off the bench or or if it's yeah. a sort of game where you know you can maybe have a bit more of the possession and, and knock it long a bit more often. But in this sort of game where you just want to absolutely run at a team and, and completely contain them and overwhelm them, I think Rowett made the right choice. I think we have to insert the caveat in the conversation, Ryan, that Bristol were poor last night. Although they're not, I mean, they're placed about seventh or eighth in the in the table. Bizarrely, I think it's a very strange league this season because I thought they looked um, poor. Whether we made, whether we played well enough to make them look poor is is a is a debate that's um, that you know people can have. But um, I thought we we I mean Jed looked enlivened last night. I thought it was really interesting to see him looking something like his old self, and it was a great dummy that led to the the free kick, which led to the goal um, via a bit of ping pong. Um, and that was a great move. Great to see him with some confidence back and some some vim in his game once more. He's, he's a real asset when he's on form. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think it's always been with Jed is, is shifting the attacking burden off of him. I think 
he does so much running and puts in a lot of energy and he, he can because of that blow hot and cold but even when he's not having the best game he can just liven it up and and you know add that bit of quality that Mill will need and I know a lot of people maybe want him to have a rest and and come out the side but I think you would notice him a lot more when he's not there obviously we don't get to see that very often but it's great when he's got the support around him. I think with Bennett on the other side, they have a good relationship. Obviously, we'll talk about Bennett a bit later with his, his really good goal. But, you know, I think it's what would be nice as well to see in this run if if Tyler Burry can come in a bit. I know he's been he's been really exciting off the bench, looks really lively. Um, I think throwing youngsters into this quite difficult situation maybe isn't the, the best idea. You want to protect him a little bit. But if Millwall can get a bit of form up and, you know, Burry can and start coming off the off the bench and having a bit more impact in games, then I think Jed's load's just going to get spread even more and that's just going to bring more out of him, really. Yeah, I mean, Jed obviously brings um, a, a lot of experience to his game, which as much as we see talent in Tyler, and I think Tyler does have ability. I think he's got the X factor, but there's no substitute for for game time experience. It's just, you know, not at this level. You just can't beat it. So I agree. I think game time coming off the bench and learning and looking around, seeing what goes on, on, on in, in the reality of championship football. It's a, it's a very hard arena to, you know, to to, to, be, to have expectations placed on your shoulders. But I just want to take my hat off to the, uh, well, to Jed's dummy that created the uh, the sequence that created the goal. And let's, let's, let's acknowledge Tom Bradshaw's goal because, you know, that was a that was a shot. We don't know where Ryan Leonard's shot was going to go into. It went into a, a mass of bodies. And um, Bradshaw managed to get a kind of a heel to it and, and divert it into the net touch of luck but the, the boy needed that that moment and really, I really am pleased that he's, he's got a goal and that seemed to to really lift the the, uh, the side as a whole there Ryan from that point onwards yeah definitely I think it's it's a matter of really you know when you need one to go in off your ass I think Brian Bradshaw getting getting a well, yeah Tom Bradshaw sorry getting a getting a touch off that of Ryan Leonard's shot yeah it's hopefully it will give him a bit of confidence I think Last year, he got one goal and it sparked him on a bit of a run after a bit of a dry spell. So he's very much a confidence player. And I think with Rowett almost wanting to make a point of how he's been back in John Daddy Bodvarsson lately, he, he's not been turning to Bradshaw. Obviously, had a bit of an injury as well. So I've been a bit confused and a bit surprised, really, to see that Bradshaw hasn't got many minutes this year. Yeah, But hopefully now he's got on the pitch, hopefully Rowett can, can get some confidence into him and and give him a bit more game time, really. It was similar to, I guess, the Smith one at Forest, where it flicked up his foot. I think it was a bit more deliberate, maybe, the the touch he wanted to get on it. Yeah. But sometimes that's all you need as a striker, is a little bit of luck, being in the right place at the right time, and and that can spark something in you again to to get in, in amongst the goals, which hopefully we're going to see. Well, Bristol's only real chance in the whole game followed quite so swiftly after, after us taking the lead. It was a free kick. If memory serves, it was a left-sided free kick from the edge of the penalty. And I think it was Nucky Wells who, who took it and got a decent effort on goal. And, I, you know, so this is a strange conversation for Ryan and I, listeners, because it's deja vu. We've said all this once already. So there's a slight sense of echo. But I I think I described it earlier on as one of Bart's um, standard miracles rather than one of his supersized miracles. He's a great goalkeeper. How he kept that out, I, I don't know. Um, it didn't cross the line because the goal detection um, technology said it didn't all cross the line, so no goal. But that was a fantastic save, and that probably turned the match in our favour from that point onwards, Ryan. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think I said earlier, it reminded me of one that last season where he, he kind of saved it onto the bar and had to yeah. turn around and scoop it off the line. I think the way he moves his body around that quickly is, is really impressive, and he's not just a... 
a great shot stopper, but he's got those reactions as well. I think he he did everything well by the book in terms of like getting his body behind the free kick as it came back off the post, but then to to gather it and collect it, it's it's just another quality piece of goalkeeping. And I think the the side have been maybe a bit over reliant on the defence. Obviously, got a really good record with Bart and and Cooper and Hutchinson um, of the last year, really since Rowett's come in. They've always kept Millwall in it and kept tight games going in our favour. And I think maybe the the side have overly relied on that. So. I think the fact that we were already 1-0 up at that stage, it's just an added bonus because, you know, if that goes in, yeah. then... Heads, heads drop. Heads yeah. drop and the game's gone. There's, I don't think at the moment there's no way Mill were getting themselves back into a game from that point. But when Bart makes that save, you have that little bit of relief and then it just sparks the team on again to to not let, you know, Bristol City get another chance, really. And they, they don't get anything else all game. No, they don't. That was their, that was their chance, really. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's... I think we, we touched on it earlier on when we spoke. I think it's it's easy to take Bart for granted. These are fantastic saves. These are top draw saves. Only the greatest goalkeepers can do things that Bart Bielkowski can do. And I think it's just worth acknowledging that because it, that was that was a game-turning moment. I thought another one would come eight minutes later. And I, I was slightly scolded by Ryan listeners when I described Mason Bennett going close as missing a sitter. You, you, you didn't agree that it was with that phrase there, uh, Ryan. It wasn't a sitter in your eyes, was it, on 28 minutes? <laughs> No, I thought it was. I thought the stick he got for missing it was was pretty harsh. I think we uh we had a, a great riff about maybe you being in the same position. Or <laughs> you wouldn't want me out there, mate. I think you had some audacious claims saying you'd have you'd have uh, <laughs> or something. I can't, I can't quite remember how it went. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it bounced just in front of him on his weaker foot. I mean, there's one thing for being close to the goal, but on the pace on the ball and on, I think the ball's just rising as he hits it. You'd like to see him finish it, but. More than makes up for it later on in the game, really. Oh, doesn't he? I mean, on another day, he may well have buried that one, and that would have shut the likes of me up. So, um, you know, I, I take the, I take the point. It was it was not an easy chance in retrospect, um, but he did put it to rest on sixty seven minutes. That was a wonderful finish uh, from the edge of the penalty, a kind of a cut back in on the left side, and almost reminded me of Neil Harris's goal at Watford all those years ago. His comeback goal it was a wonderful, wonderful goal. And it was great to see him, you know, it was another one like a bit like Bradshaw, he needed a break, he needed that confidence injection. And that was that was the moment. Really, really um, excellent finish, I thought. Yeah, really, a really good finish. Not the sort of finish we see too often really from a Millwall player, but I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Mason Bennett. I think he's been excellent really since he's come in. He's scored some really nice goals, you know, on, on counter-attacking moves, but he can clearly finish really well. And I think Rowett obviously likes him, trusts him a lot. Yeah. And had had a few injury problems, but I think when we got him on loan last season, obviously you'd get one game out of him, then he'd be out for the next one or two. But this season he's not had as many. Obviously, we've had a lot of injury problems, but he's maybe had one injury. He's kept him out for a little bit. But other than that, he's been pretty fit, which is really good. Um, and it's just a glimpse of his quality, really. I think how it all ended at Derby, he just needed a change of scene. It went so sour there by the end. But now he's at Millwall. He's obviously got Scott Malone, who's a, is a good mate of his. They like kind of live and commute together, I think. Um, so that he's in a good environment there. Obviously, Rowett, I think, lives up there as well, so he can keep a bit of an eye on him. And he's he's a player who's still relatively young, you know, early 20s. And he's just never, ever really had a run in a team. He's never played a full season of football. He's never... He's never had a good, like, key role in a side. And I think he's he's probably a couple of years behind in his development where he should be. I know when he came through at Derby, they had, they had high hopes for him. So yeah. if he 
discover some of that form at Millwall and and kind of live up to his potential. I think we've got a really good player and I just really like how he complements, like I said earlier, Jed on the other side. And if you've got two hardworking strikers in between them, in Bodvarsen and Bradshaw or Parrott or Zahor, whoever it ends up being, um, I think he's he's probably only going to get more goals, really. And speaking of quality, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to touch on the, uh, the alternative commentaries line. Uh, I think it's JP Millwall writes this stuff. Quality, quality material, JP. Uh, Mason Bennett. He, he crashes beamers, he scores screamers. I think that's wonderful, wonderful stuff. So I, I, I had to I had to get that in because I admire that kind of script work. <laughs> um, 87 minutes, chance for Jed. Um, basic run down the middle, really, Ryan, wasn't it? I mean, I thought he was through on goal. I thought that, was, that, had, that had goal written all over it, but the goalkeeper made a good save, actually. I think he was slated online a little bit for missing it. Well, I, I think he was entitled to be tired by this stage, listeners, 87 minutes into a, a major effort. And that would have been a nice um, cherry on the cake, the third goal, but decent save really prevented that, I thought. Yeah, definitely a good save. I think watching it back, you see from behind, like Bentley just gets his foot down to it. So not um, not the easiest of chances, player bearing down on him as well. But I think for me, it was just nice to see, like you say, that late on in the game where obviously Jed Wallace of all people as well, who must be knackered most of the time, um, yeah, you know, to still be running that hard and to because you know it's from a, a mistake from a defender and he's just absolutely burst through the middle. To have him running that hard and pressing that hard for for a goal to make it three nil after you've not won in ten games, and you're two nil up. You think you'd be, you know, take that ball, run into obviously down the middle of the pitch, run into the corner, hold it up, or do something. But to have that hunger to get a goal, make it three, and really really seal the win, I think speaks really well about you know the environment in the squad. And the attitude they have, I think, after the Borough game, people may have started worrying about the attitude. And well, I certainly, about... I certainly did. I mean, I, I yeah. was, I'll, I'll be upfront. I was certainly concerned. That's, that's completely understandable as well. From the, it was abject really on Saturday. I think, you know, the minimum anyone really requires as a Millwall fan is effort. And yeah. when you do get beat three 0 by a, an average, if at best, Middlesbrough side. You know that you really have to question people's effort. There's, you know, you can make tactical mistakes, but at the end of the day, the same players are on the pitch. You know how to win football games, and to see the team or to see Jed running through like that at the end, okay, he might have finished it, but it wasn't a given. But just to see that level of effort is uh is is yeah. heartening, really. Traditional fighting spirit from the Millwall side. Reaction is the football word they look for, listeners, and that's what Gary Rowett got. He was speaking after the game, I think it was to the BBC, um, and he kind of, it was almost like a, a, a fessing up. Um, he said, uh, we've probably been a little bit too intricate, and he takes responsibility for that. I think that's been true, Ryan. I think that we've we, we, we've aimed for a higher level of play, and I think possibly the squad at the moment just isn't up to that that kind of approach. And I don't knock the, 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 the team. I think that it's not... It, it takes the very, very best to play that style well. And I think we just, we've almost been giving games away lately because we've been trying to make it over complex. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I think it's a hard one for Rowett. I think, I know a lot of people were, uh, you know, claim or like calling for him maybe for his head after the bad run. And I think, it's, I thought it was a bit harsh, really. I think yeah, it's way too early for me. Yeah, but... I'd I like to see Millwall give, I, one thing I do like about the Millwall boards, they do generally trust managers with a little bit of time and, and, understand the situation i think if Millwall were in the top half of the championship that they're, they're doing well in the grand scheme of things i mean we're, we're not a rich club by any stretch of the imagination no, and, we're not <laughs> that's for you know, sure rowitz only had just over a year now he's had yeah. no pre-season not really had much chance to 
to bring any players in. He's, he's operating with a Neil Harris squad, and he's he's tried to change around how we play. Obviously, Ryan Woods coming in has has been a part of that, trying to make us maybe a bit more proactive, a bit more possession based. But I don't think really the rest of the players suit that yet. So, as much as you can change a team, I think it it, it takes a lot longer to really change that style, and it's just been a bit stodgy. I mean, to be honest, you've not you're not really sure what how Mill will attack. There's no clear indication of how we're trying to score goals. And I think going back to that sitting deep, getting some hard work and, and nicking goals on breaks worked really well. I think, you know, it, it really reminded me of the last year's Bristol City away game. I think it was Rowett's second yeah, away. It was game. a good a good strong win then, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's the you know, the first or second one where Mill hadn't won the road for ages, beat Swansea as well, obviously, but the Bristol City one we just sat in had the shape, retained it well, and just absolutely cruised. I think they got a goal back towards the end, but realistically cruised to three points that you just you just wouldn't expect from Millwall. So I think to see him revert back to basics, it's a bit of you know putting round pegs and round holes, really. You've got the players there and you've got to play the system that they can and slowly start to change teams. And when it's not going well, sometimes you just need to do that, just revert to basics and, and get people to show what they can do. It's a brave decision, and I, I say hats off to a man that could admit where it's going wrong and makes changes. So that's not easy to do, and many, many can't do it. And Gary Rowett did that last night, so hats off to him. We're going to take a short break and listen to the reviews, the post-match reviews from Mr. Harry Warren, Mr. Michael Avery, and Mr. Michael Hayden. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Jiri Skalak here. Um, what a result last night. It was a fantastic uh, performance. Um, yeah, you just wonder where it came from. <laughs> you know, I was really expecting another drab nil-nil because uh, Bristol City have been on a quite a poor run uh, as well. Um, maybe it's because we dropped Ryan Woods. It could be a possibility. Um, we looked much more dynamic in that central midfield area. Ryan Leonard was superb. But there were many excellent performances. Um, even Tom Bradshaw looked like he had a new lease of life. Um, and and Bod Varson, you know, love him or hate him, um, he's improved um, in the last sort of two, three games. And I think that's because he's been getting maybe a bit of consistent um, game time. Um, but yeah, I mean, credit to Gary Rowett, credit to the players, because... You know, to put in a performance like that after not winning in ten games was actually, you know, very admirable. And that that's the character that we wanted to see. That was a proper Millwall performance last night, you know, with the pressing and the effort. And um it was so comfortable in the end. You know, really could have been three or four if Mason Bennett had taken that chance and Jed Wallace as as well. But Great to see. In recent times, that was a bit of a classic Millwall away performance where I think we only had about 30% of the ball, but, um, you know, 15 chances, um, 15 shots. So, you know, that's much more like it. So well done to the Lions, but we've got to just take this forward now and kind of try and climb back up the table a little bit. Come on, you Lions. Well, good morning, dear listener. The morning after the night before. Well, last night's chalk and cheese performance from the Lions has well and truly opened the cat of worms, or the can of worms, rather. Because we learnt more things last night about the Millwall side, and maybe Gary Rowett, than I think we thought we would. He dropped 
Five at the back, he dropped Ryan Woods. He dropped Alex Pierce. And lo and behold, we move the ball with clarity and drive and vision and pace. Things that hurt teams. And we do that quite well. Ryan Leonard was immense. Tom Bradshaw was quite good. John Daddy Bovarson put a shift in. And Mason Bennett scored a very, very good goal in the second half. Made by Ryan Leonard. The first goal was also made by Ryan Leonard. Williams put a shift in in the midfield. And we played well for 80 minutes last night. What I will say is when we come to make the substitutions late on, he again brings Ben Thompson on and plays him as a striker or just behind the striker. He brings Ryan Woods on who immediately slows everything down. Admittedly, we are 2-0 up and playing against 10 men, but we did get beaten 4-0 at the weekend, so it might be an idea to maybe score the four that you conceded. He gave the ball away straight away and put us under pressure, but I don't expect anything more from the ginger pygmy right now. Um, I've seen enough of him, he can fuck off, um, if I'm being honest. Pierce can't get anywhere near the side. Manny Murray is a better defender than Scott Malone. Who knew? Um, and again, he brought Malone on to replace Bennett when it was crying out for a game with no consequences for Tyler Bury. Um, I think Rowett's uh, inside his own head at the moment. He doesn't really want to admit that we can't play the football that he wants us to play. And he's going to have to go back to Harris B-Tech, sort of a 4-4-2, maybe a 4-3-3 type um, carry-on until he gets the players in that can play the formation that he wants us to play. Until then, we are going to be a makeshift square uh, square pegs in Randall's kind of side. Um, but yeah, you can't take anything away from the squad. They won. Let's see how they react at home on Saturday against Nottingham Forest. I think 4-4-2 is the order of the day, but we won't probably play that until May when we're trying to stay up. But there we go. Come on, your lines. So there we have it, dear listeners. Uh, an away victory at Bristol City, 2-0. Uh, the winless run is now over, and we have uh, three points that fans, the club, Gary Rowett especially, was absolutely desperate for. It was a very professional performance by Millwall. Great goal by Mason Bennett. And uh, even Tom Bradshaw's slight scuff deflection off his knee effort was was good enough and a real sort of striker's in- instinct. You could see that he was ready to pounce. Uh, I think there's still some questions that need to be asked um, of this side in the sense that Bristol City were dreadful in the first half, especially absolutely awful. The second half, they were marginally better, but they were absolutely appalling in the first half. Uh, so my question would be um, if we had serious... C- Thoughts of contention for the top eight, top six this season. Um, were they realistic anyway? Because a team at that end of the table would have absolutely ripped Bristol City a new one and would have been three, four, five nil up at half time. Uh, another question that needs to be asked. We've obviously seen that Bradshaw scores goals and Mason uh, scored his as well. Is Has it always been a case now, especially over the last few games, that it's the lack of service to the forwards? And I think the ultimate question we now need to ask, and I implore uh, those listening to the pod and this to answer uh, or call in with your voicemails, leave messages if you will. Are we a 4-4-2 team? Are we a 5-3-2 team? Are we a team who the manager wants to play a certain way but we don't have the personnel? That's another one as well because ultimately, if that is the case, Rowett needs more time or at least two more transfer windows for me. 
Three points eases the pressure slightly. Come on, your lines. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. Welcome back, listeners. And we're going to just look at one or two comments from the internet. I'm going to run past you, Ryan. Feel free to express your views. Um, on Matt Richards, great attitudes from the off, superb link-up play between Bod and Jed, I think there was. Bradshaw gives us more energy. And Murray Wallace, Murray Wallace gets a name check, is much more solid on the left. Always one of my favourite players, Ryan, as, as you know. Um, we look much more dynamic without Woods. Um, obviously, he was the main casualty of the night, Ryan Woods, in the sense of sitting on the bench rather than starting. Um, I, I mean, I still, see, I still see a role for Ryan Woods. I mean, Sean Williams cannot sustain you know, a kind of a relentless Saturday, uh, midweek, Saturday, midweek schedule. So uh, Ryan Woods is not going to go away, is he? No, I think it's an interesting one with Woods. I think when we're talking about changing that style that Mill will have, he's, you know, effectively the the poster boy for that. He's almost uh, Gary Rowett's Jorginho to, you know, like Maurizio Sarri has, you know, <laughs> stick from the, the Chelsea fans. And, and Ryan Woods is our, our version of that. I think he... He's obviously a really good midfielder. I think he has, since he's come in, been largely a really impressive player. I think what happens is when you're in this sort of bad run and when you're a team that's struggling to break 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 teams down, he's not necessarily the person you want to rely on. He's very much a facilitator, sort of metronome at the base of a midfield who can keep the game ticking over and really build play up. And I think we need better players ahead of him who can make the most of that or someone else who's a bit more creative ahead of him to to latch onto some of his passes and create something. So if you're playing a game where you need to sit off and you need to be counter-attacking and you need to work hard, I don't think he's the right fit for that. It's a bit like we we're saying earlier with Matt Smith in the team, you can't yeah. press as hard. And I think with Woods, it's the same. He's, he's decent defensively. He'll, he's good at those nippy sort of tackles to win the ball back, but he's not necessarily the best for a high pressing. He's not, he doesn't have the, the best legs. So, if you want to revert to that sitting deep and and, ha- and harassing teams, I think it is best he comes out. I think we saw it during the lockdown when we played Barnsley and uh, 
Gary Rowett dropped him for that game because he just not really come back in any form. He was really poor against Derby when we lost there. Yeah. And it could just give him the kick up the arse. I think, like you say, he'll be back in the side pretty soon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in against Forest, where probably we're going to have a bit more of the ball, probably playing really a really poor Forest side. So that is the sort of game where you can use him, you know, to keep those attacks going, keep the pressure on Forest, who are a side who don't have much confidence. But when you're playing a, a better team, maybe you don't want him in there. So you can have another defensive body in there who can do a bit of running and do a bit of tackling. Um, but I think I think it's it's good to give him a reminder maybe that he's not necessarily the first name on the team sheet. You know, you go ten games without a win, other than other than Bart, really, there shouldn't be anyone who's nailed on. No, no one should be untouchable after that kind of run. Nobody, nobody is. It seemed I think that was one of the messages that um, I think Grumpy Grimace touches on it here. He says that Rowett now knows the player's strengths and weaknesses. Also, an interesting point, Grumpy. Um, it shows that Rowett hasn't lost the dressing room. Um, and I think that's 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 actually a big point. And I think you're right there, Ryan, that nobody's untouchable. Um, not unless you're, you know, you're you're, you're playing at a much uh, a much higher standard of play than what we've been seeing lately. So um, that's that's um, that's a good thing. Charlie IOD makes a point about Troy Parrott, who, as he puts it, is we are told is the real McCoy. Yet he can't get a start against Bradshaw, Bedvarsson, Smith, and Bennett. Um, I think that's probably a touch harsh on 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 the boy because he's only 18 and. You know, he's, he's learning his trade in, although he's a talented boy, he's still learning his trade in quite a harsh arena. The championship is not an easy place to step in and, and impress. Definitely. I think anyone who's who's seen him playing at, at Spurs or, you know, in pre-season for Millwall, I think you can see the talent he's got. And even he's shown glimpses of it um, since he's come in and, and been a bit fitter. Um, I think it's hard in a situation, I know we touched on it with Bury earlier, in a situation where a team is really down on form and not winning games, it's hard to throw an 18-year-old into that and, you know, give them that responsibility. You know, sometimes it can make a player, but yeah. it's always the best environment for them to throw them in. Sometimes you need people that you can rely on a bit more. And, you know, fitness is an issue. It's really it's so hard to gain your fitness in this sort of season when you're playing twice a week. You have no time really to work on the training ground. So, you have to, you know, have a bit of awareness about that. Like we said earlier about Mill's kind of financial situation, there's stuff that goes on that can hinder players, you know, hitting, hitting stride. You know, if a player hasn't been fit, he had two quite bad back-to-back injuries and to then come into a side that isn't doing that well with a lot of burden on in a, in a side that, you know, doesn't score many goals, it can, it can be a lot. So I think if Mill can get a, a bit of form up, I think we'll see him come into the side definitely and, and show what he's all about. I think he was lively. I think in the Reading game, yeah, he had a couple of shots where, okay, they were, I think, straight at the keeper, but he showed what he could do in terms of making that half a yard of space and making things happen. So, you know, if, if we're going to go with this kind of two-striker approach of Bradshaw and Bodvars, and I think Parrott fits into that perfectly, really. If you, ha- if you have those three effectively on rotation, um, not really, it doesn't really matter who the, the three are um, with Bennett and, and Brad and, Jed Wallace either side. I think that's that seems like a, a good formula for me. Be, be great to see some of the promise that he's clearly he's clearly got the talent. I don't think anyone should have any doubt about that. It'd be great to see some of it and start to see the um you know the the the, the boy that we 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 were so excited about back in um August when when he first signed for the club on loan. 
I'm just going to close this little section out with Dean Vasich's great um, philosophical philosophical point that the key is to be less optimistic in every game and as it is the hope that kills you. Not round here, Dean. We're on the promotion train now. We're booking our return tickets to Wembley already, Ryan, aren't we? Oh, I think so. I think this is this is the time when it turns. We see the push now. <laughs> it's, it's, we, we have the Green Man pub. It's it's game on again. Promote the promotion trains rolling. Um, just a couple of last points before I let you go for the second time today, Ryan. Um, strange little story in some ways. Millwall have taken to war with Sky TV. We want to keep them out of the Watford game on the 29th of, uh, of December. This obviously follows the coverage that uh, Sky gave to us in the QPR game, the prelims to the QPR game, when um, they were trying to whip up sensation when, as though there wasn't enough already, they were, they were looking for an angle, they were looking for anything that they could find that generated um, reasons for people to tune in. And the Lions have taken umbrage to it. And, you know, to their credit, they're trying to get the EFL to act as a kind of intermediary. But I think good luck with that, because it's the report in the Daily Mail says that the EFL will get an injunction to force Millwall to except Sky's camera so I, <laughs> our intermediary I think is loaded against us but it's an interesting angle to take isn't it and I don't know how far it can be pursued in, in reality Ryan I don't think very far no I think yeah I think in reality I think that the money that the league and Sky have um it doesn't seem that it's going to be possible to prevent it being broadcast I think I do quite like the stance from the club I, I, I like the it's very much them trying to send a message I don't think they're really expecting it to be to be successful no, no 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 of course i think i think the message they're really trying to send is is to back up the one they had obviously at the the end of the Q, on the qpr game the pamphlet they they handed out you know saying that um certain people want us to fail yeah yeah sky tv want us to fail yeah, yeah. yeah. that's very much i think sky picked that up and a couple of other media outlets picked that line up and said oh you know no one really wants them to fail uh but that message, I think the, the media team at, at Millwall really put that in, meaning Sky wanted them to fail. I think the coverage before the game was not not great. It's one of those, the game was already scheduled anyway. It's not like Sky went out of their way to put it on TV. And it's it's a, it was a game between two relatively poor sides in the championship that wasn't going to get many figures, um, many much viewing figures for them, which they don't really get anyway, especially no. in the championship. So they wanted to drum up as much as they could which, you know, from a TV viewership perspective, you can kind of understand. But then from a perspective, it's not really acceptable. I didn't think. I think it effectively crossed a line to an extent. I think the club, are, by contesting this, or at least making this public, that they don't want this broadcast, they're really hammering home their displeasure at it. And it's very much uh, getting their message across that they are not happy with Sky. And I, I, I applaud them for doing so, really. It's about time someone kind of stood up to the, stood up to the behemoth that is Sky. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be interested. Um, I don't know if this club listens to our show, but if we do get a Christmas card from the EFL, I'd be really interested to know what it says because I bet they, they their hearts drop whenever the name Millwall crosses the desk <laughs> oh, for whatever reason these days. But um, it seems as though they, they will force the, the issue via a legal order if, if it comes to it. So um, as, as great a story as it is, listen, so I wouldn't hold out um, you know too much hope for it. But it's, it's still good to see, as, as Ryan has said. Um, we're back into tier three, so no more fans at football for who knows how long. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, it's been a very strange year, Ryan. I mean, I, I, 
we say this a lot and every time um you know every time we have some other change to our uh that, that, that kind of social situation it just emphasizes what, what a bizarre year since last um march when we won at forest you know it's it's been i've been transformed into um into an alien world slightly isn't it and, and somehow football continues a very odd odd season yeah it is it's you know coming and going really with fans obviously some places will still have them we won't i just hope that no. the you know the the fans not now, now being here for the forest game affects the i hope it doesn't affect the players you know i think off, off the back of a win at Bristol City, you think it's the sort of game where the fans can really now get behind the side. Um, and then a big run coming up over Christmas where we're playing some really good sides in Bournemouth and Watford. It it will be worrying, not worrying, I think, but it'd be a shame that the fans won't be there for them. Um, yeah, yeah. It's ever changing though. It, it's hard. There's not much you can do about it and there's there's not much the club can, can do to go out of their way to, to make it any better. And it's, all they can, all that, all you can hope really is that the players keep or start delivering on the pitch. Really, I can't say keep delivering because they haven't been. But a start would be a, would be good, wouldn't a start it? Would be good. And I think I think Rowett may have stumbled across a formula that works well. I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Forest game is a a bit of a slog, really, a bit of a, a a gritty one that we can maybe eke out. But I think this style of play, how we played against Bristol City, could be really effective against the the, the bigger sides who are more kind of possession orientated. Absolutely. Uh, it's just the fans won't be there for it. It was great to see a Millwall team looking more comfortable in their game last night. And I think that's probably the biggest single thing that we can say uh, about what was an excellent win last night. I just want to close um, and let Ryan go on the close by saying well done to all of the Mill supporters who assisted and helped in the raising of £16,727 for the Royal British Legion Poppy Appeal. That was um, largely the efforts and coordination and talents of Mel Bingham, who's well known to many, many people around the mill scene, to me as well. Um, she's, she's a stalwart of the Poppy Appeal each year. And that's a fantastic figure, Ryan. I think it's, you know, we, we said earlier on that it's a, it never ceases to amaze how much generosity there is in the mill support. It's, it's quite astounding sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it's not, um, this is by no means a one-off. Um, it, you know, it's every year with the, the the poppy appeal. It's every single year that this happens, and also not just with the poppy appeal as well. I know we, we when we spoke about it earlier, you've got like the, the work with the Bradley Lowry Foundation when Sunderland came to visit. You've had loads of children's charities, Islas Wish to Walk, and things like that. You know, there's been so many great charitable appeals that the Mill fans always get behind. Yeah. And I think what's even more impressive, I think, about this one in these times where money's tight for a lot of people and especially people aren't even in the ground you know and yeah absolutely absolutely Thirteen thousand Millwall fans who uh you know can chuck some change in a bucket this is people going out of their way to support it and i think you know i think that's that's one of the main things that uh a lot of Millwall fans about the sky coverage we were talking about earlier the complete willfulness to ignore the great work that the club and and the fans do as well because you know you can praise the club but this is very much the fans um who who support these appeals and it's just so good to see that positivity and that that continued support for any number of campaigns coming out and it's it, it does make you uh feel good about being a Millwall fan absolutely and it's it's high time we started to feel that too so well done everyone involved in the poppy appeal well done to ryan loftus for doing the same show twice over in one day and doing it justice both times big thank you to ryan thank you mate no problem nick it's always uh 
I'm looking forward to doing this one again tomorrow when we're talking about the Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> I did press record. You'll be pleased to know, listeners. So this will be going out later on tonight. Thank you to Ryan. Thank you for listening. And until the weekend, Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Hello, this is the EFL Freezer Crowd podcast, where we take a light-hearted look at all things Football League. You scumbaggy maggot. Matt Smith's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James, lifelong Cov fan, and I'm joined each week by self-proclaimed Statman Luke and resident Millwall fan Andy. Gary Monk sacked after a, a nil-nil draw with Millwall as well. Although most <laughs> clubs in the Football League would die for a result like that. <laughs> We'll be covering important news, a run through the games, and our all-important goal of the week. Yes. <laughs> 3-0 to the own goal. <laughs> so find us with a new episode each Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.